I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Mm. Summer is only warmer than spring because of momentum. I think I'm actually speechless for the first time <laughs> on this show. What on earth does that mean? <laughs> well, summer, we think of, of course, as oh, wait. the warm. Are you saying, hold on, are you saying that that everything gets warmed mm-hmm. and then it's already warm when more warming comes and then it just gets warmer? I mean, I, w- I wouldn't say that... I mean, I'd workshop that phrasing a little bit, but I think you're on the right path. So (laughs) summer and spring get the same amount of sunlight because the first day of summer is the longest day. Oh, right. So it's just going in both directions. The beginning of summer, ah, ah, summer, the warm season, days immediately start getting shorter. Right. But it starts getting cold. Or not cold, but shorter days. Yeah. And so what's happening is that uh, on Earth, the heat uh average temperature of a day lags the average amount of sunlight by some amount depending where you are on the planet wait okay hold on the the average the heat of a day lags the amount of sunlight yeah so through its spring you're getting more and more sunlight yeah uh and you get it's getting more and more and more and you're getting warmer and warmer days okay but that because you're getting more and more sunlight but the 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 temperature is lag the additional sun by a bit. And so when the days start getting shorter, the earth hasn't even finished warming up from the longer days that were happening as you get closer and closer to the longest day in the, in the middle, in, in the first day. Why? Because there's a bunch of like heat momentum in terms of like to heat up the entire ocean takes more than one day. Right. For, so you might have a bunch of, uh, you know, 10 degree days, and then you start having some 15 degree days. And it's yeah. not like you have a 15 degree day and the entire ocean warms Those up. Those are both very cold. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You you might have a, a cool day and then you have a warm day. Um, and the ocean does not just suddenly, and it's especially, this is especially true with the ocean, but also the land, right? Um, yeah. Is that the there's a lot of mass there. And yeah. so the sun is putting down a bunch of energy on it and you're getting more energy because you are having longer days. Um, but it takes a while to bring up the average temperature of the ground and the ocean. and, and Yeah, the, that makes sense. That's what know, I was saying. That. that is what I was saying. Yeah. So... It basically just like it's like uh, each additional heat unit is adding to it, but it's not it. Yeah, it's kind of I, wow. It's a hard thing to explain. Yeah. I get it intuitively, but I must not get it well enough because I can't seem to say it in a way that makes any sense. But <laughs> but, but it's, it's gotten like, into your brains so by my attempt at explaining. Yeah, no, no, you're doing a great job. No, uh, I it's I just like want to understand this well enough that I could say it to someone. Yeah. So the 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 metaphor that I I thought found useful is is this idea of momentum right and so it's like if you are in a car that's not working for me but try again if you're in a car and then you have a certain amount of acceleration uh happening Mm. um that's equivalent to a certain amount of sun hitting the the earth and it'll take a while for you to get up to speed yeah that makes sense so it yeah it you 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 are you punch it and let's say it's an electric car where the torque's instant yeah you're now you are now going a hundred miles an hour, but you started at zero, so you're not at a hundred yet. Or you you put the force in of a hundred miles an hour. Yeah, you have to yeah. get up to a hundred miles an hour. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, and so you wow. could start easing. So imagine, here's another way of putting it. Ima- yeah. Like um, uh, go further with the car metaphor would be that if you start putting the accelerator, imagine you're going to, your car's stopped and then you're going to accept, put the, your foot down more and more and more and more on the accelerator and then start yeah. easing off the accelerator. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You could imagine that the car would actually still be speeding up even when you start easing off the accelerator if you were, if you did it pretty quickly, right? Like if you go, you know, you know accelerator down and then oh yeah because it's still it's still resolving the uh, The speed up speed energy you put in yeah and then it you took it off and then it starts to slow down but it's not it's not one-to-one with your foot yeah and i'll go out of the limb and say that for 80 to 90 percent of our audience that metaphor did not help (laughs) but i thought it might help you (laughs) people are like what is going on i thought i understood and now we're talking about accelerator pedals but basically the 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 the, the unintuitive <laughs> thing is that we think of summer as the time where there's more sun. Let us know if that metaphor made sense to you. <laughs> uh, hello, if I'm fact, FM. Um, yeah. We think of summer as the time of year that it has more has sun. Uh, but of course, that isn't true as soon as you think about it, because the first day of summer is when the days start getting shorter. Summer and spring get the same amount of sunlight. Um, August actually has less sun than May in the northern hemisphere uh, especially if you're close to the water, August is generally a lot warmer than May uh, because of that because momentum. Because it's been building up. The earth is building up that warmth. Wow. And so like San Francisco uh, is like an extreme case of this on this like peninsula out on the ocean where it's like quite cold. Yeah. Well, it's not cold all the time or it's not as cold as it could be all the time. But like you get the beginning cold. of summer, like in June, people come for the the worldwide developers conference or used to be that conference used to be in San Francisco and people would come, uh, from all around the world to California and not have a jacket. And it's like, Oh, right. sorry, it has not warmed up yet. <laughs> we might be at our longest day. No, It's very cold here, but it's quite cold in June and it gets you know, San, warmer in the end of the San summer. Francisco is in, warmest in, Francisco. in September and October. Right. And that's that momentum of all the ocean, uh, uh and the, the water in and around San Francisco taking a long time to warm up. Yeah, yeah. And you have the same thing in Nova Scotia, if you're familiar with that that peninsula on the other side of North America. So familiar. Uh, that has a similar similar uh, dynamics where is it's surrounded Prince by... Prince Edward Island is? I do, yeah, just off there. So that, that would have the same okay. thing, where it takes longer hey, look for at me. it to warm up. No in Canada. Yeah, Canadian yeah. Uh, geography. And we see you, by the way, Southern Hemisphere. We know, just map August to whatever month that is, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, what is I'm, that? March. I, I did say. I did say no. Uh, no, you did. You definitely did. But then you said August. You were doing really good. <laughs> you were just using relative terms. So you slipped an August in, and I was like, mm. I think I said August in Northern Hemisphere, but maybe not. We got. Um, but anyway, know. so if you're curious about this uh, phenomenon in more detail on it, it's called seasonal lag. It's a great name. That's some good branding. That's a, it. Could be a band name. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it'd be a very exciting band. Maybe like a shoegaze kind of thing. Well, I say that because I, I have a branding fact. You have a branding fact? Yeah. I'm Okay. Hit me with a branding fact. Yeah. Fun fact. The term gasoline, and its shortened form gas, is a mixture of a generic trademark and a bit of a scheme. I came across this recently. I, I, uh, tell me more about this because I people I think of, you think it was like a scientific term. I came across probably the same thing you came across, and then... I dug deeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if and I got the to the deeper, scheme part. The deeper was where I found the real fun, I would mm. say. Okay, so the, 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 the surface level that I think we both saw is that it is quite odd that something that is a flammable liquid is named gas. 
Uh, yeah, because gas, gas is... is a fundamental state of matter. Yeah. So if you're really, what should we call this liquid? And the gas in the car is not gas. <laughs> yeah, that's a kind of weird thing to call it. Yeah, it's not a gas. So uh, are you familiar with the term generic trademark? Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's a, it's a trademark that got used so much that Kleenex eventually starts to be that other people are calling things Kleenex. And if it could become genericized, and then just everybody calls it aspirin or something. Yeah, inter- interestingly enough, Kleenex is also one of the, I think, the top two examples I would have used. Even though uh, it's Band-Aid not quite. probably yeah, sure. the other one. But they're not actually generic trademarks yet yeah they're they're, they're both words actually that we still use as general trademarks. terms but they're still just hanging on by their fingernails by the th- uh, by the fingernails yeah, yeah. so but i think aspirin is one case- right like anyone can make quote-unquote aspirin no aspirin is in the same situation oh it is oh okay yeah yeah these are all uh, close but not there so in the case of gasoline the term is thought to have been influenced by the british publisher coffee merchant and social campaigner john castle <laughs> Back to this like theme or corner of uh, interesting characters who had many jobs back in the day. Yeah, right. This is many job corner. British publisher, okay, coffee merchant, okay, social campaigner, and I don't even know what that exactly means. So uh, at any rate, are you, do you do you know? So he started importing crude oil, okay, in 1859. Hmm, that seems like kind of before it was a thing. Like, or like this was the first significant oil production in the entire world. Oh, wow. Where was he importing that crude oil from? Where was the first, like, significant oil production? Well, the fact that you're saying that, it's not coming from Iran. So he's, he, like, it's not from the Middle East, presumably. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on the limb and say Europe. Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. At no point, like, I could have guessed for a really long time. yeah. I would never have come up with Pennsylvania. I would have come up with Texas maybe eventually. Yeah. Wouldn't have been a high one either. No. But eventually I would have gotten to Texas. I would never have gotten to Pennsylvania. Hmm. <laughs> like not unless by accidental chance. But I guess there was a bit of this like in the early days of of crude oil exploitation, there was some very surface level deposits in certain places that of course were consumed quite quickly. Yeah, it's probably the really easy stuff that wasn't that much of it, right? Where they didn't have to frack or dig dig deep down all this kind of stuff so at the time at the time in in the uk uh rich people powered their lamps with actual gas Hmm. like like the like the fundamental matter gas but everyone else used either candles or oil Mm -hmm. and the oil at the time primarily came from whales right but the whaling industry couldn't meet the demand of the number of people who wanted oil powered lamps Mm mm-hmm so that's why there was this business opportunity for this John Castle. And so he started importing it from Pennsylvania and he wanted to brand his new product. And, and the he product at it, this point is just, is it just crude oil? It's just, or is it it's just the oil. It's crude oil. No, yeah, it's just okay. crude oil. It hasn't been refined. Maybe yet. it's refined enough. No, maybe it's actually refined oil. Maybe it's refined enough to use in the, in the lamps, but it's just oil. Yeah, because you're not putting crude oil right. in a lamp. I feel like that would be bad. But some refine it down into something more like what we would call gasoline today. It's some refined version of this crude oil he's importing. Maybe. Maybe it was just the crude oil. I'm actually not sure on that point. But anyway, he called it Casoline. Okay. Presumably presumably from his name. Mm, yeah, Castle. Castle. Yeah. So soon he was the main supplier for all of England and all of Ireland, and business was booming. But then suddenly and mysteriously, his Irish business began to fade away. Hmm. And so Mr. Castle investigated this and discovered that there was a shop in Dublin who were selling 
counterfeit Casoline. <laughs> okay. And Castle wrote a letter to that shopkeeper and told him to stop. Sure. And the shopkeeper, whose name was Samuel Boyd, instead of stopping, <laughs> just changed the name from Casoline to Gasoline. Right. It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not copying your thing. What are you talking about? It's totally different. And I assume he chose gasoline because he didn't even have to reprint his labels. He just took a pen. Oh, I love it. It changed all the C's to G's. Yeah. Right? And so, like the, the hand-painted signs, you just add a little more paint, you put a little notch in there, and then yeah, gasoline becomes gasoline. You're done. Right? So in 1865, Castle took him to court. Sure. And, and <laughs> you know, unsurprisingly. And Boyd claimed that he had invented the name gasoline completely on his own. Just coincidentally. And he said, yeah, he said it was from the French word gasogene, which is apparently a device for making fizzy water. So, mm-hmm. you know, okay. natural connection there. Sure. And he <laughs> claimed that the labels had just accidentally been misprinted with Casoline uh, yeah, and just, just happened typo. to use the name of the product he was That he had been previously selling. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh, how, did that, uh, how did that go in court? Uh, yeah, so that was the judge was fairly incredulous and ruled in favor of Castle. Mm. But, and this is the thing about generic trademarks, he'd already lost because in public consciousness, it was now gasoline. And in fact, so this case happened in 1865. In 1864, we find the first use of gasoline in uh, in the U.S. and it's an act of Congress taxing it. Oh, I think so they're referring to that as, the, that's the generic name of how people are referring to it. Huh. Yeah, exactly. The, the term gasoline was last used, uh, you know, in its original sense, in 1920. Hmm. But by then, it was just like yeah. a brand of gasoline? It's just one brand that, I guess, faded away. Man, I, that guy must have been so salty about that. Because he had to say, gasoline brand, gasoline. <laughs> to understand what he was selling. <laughs> I don't, maybe he was one... You know those old-timers who just keep using the term that people used to use? Yeah, maybe. Even though no one is really rocking that anymore? It's called GNU it Linux. It's right. not... Exactly. But of course, you know, of course, outside of the USA and Canada, it's not commonly called gas or gasoline, right? Most other Commonwealth countries other than Canada, it's called petrol. Right. Right. Which retur- refers to petroleum. Which is a much more reasonable name because that's petroleum is what you make gas from. That's right. But did you know that petrol is actually also a generic trademark? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, it was used as a product in around 1870 for refined mineral oil that was being marketed as a solvent. Hmm. And was that was when that was later found to be an excellent motor fuel, it just kept the name. Right. Do you know what the generic huh. British term was before petrol? Oh. Uh probably something very like jaunty and cool. It is I think both jaunty and cool. Oh. Excellent. It was m- motor spirit for cars. And motor aviation spirit. spirit for planes. Oh, motor spirit's way better than gasoline. Way better. And it's still used in Nigerian English. You can just hear the radio ad. Genuine high quality motor spirit. Well, but that's what they say in Nigeria still. Oh, cool. Yeah. So still use spirit. motor spirit. Genuine high quality motor spirit. Because I like I like that it's it's both like you know, it's jaunty and has like the steampunky vibe to it, but it also has a little bit of like, but is it like this, like, is there distilled Cthulhu spirits in there? Or yeah, exactly. Like like, well, I like the idea that it's, it's the, it's providing the spirit. Like the car has nothing without the spirit, right? Yeah. It can't, I mean, and it's true because a car with no gas in it or petrol 
or casoline. I think we should start saying casoline <laughs> on the show. Mm-hmm. The, a car with no casoline in it, it's not going anywhere. No. It needs, I mean, it needs a, a traditional car. And it also then, of course, evokes spirits, which is what uh, the man, a minority of people refer to alcohols. Booze. Yeah. But like booze, like how inspiring is that? Like, oh. No, yeah. What's your booze? spirit is way eh. better. You want some spirits? Oh, oh yeah. I'm talking to a distinguished individual now. I yeah. I feel like fine it, spirits. I, I feel like this is a, the person who says that is the person who still talks as though they were in the 1920s, but is like, you know, 22 years old. Yeah, and they're wearing a vest. And they're they're definitely wearing a vest. Of, they're definitely wearing a vest. They might have a monocle. Yep, that could happen. They they definitely have like, uh, and I say this as someone who once did this. They definitely have wax in their mustache. Hmm. If I did, I don't think I knew you during my wax mustache phase. Mm, was that when you were briefly a bartender? <laughs> no. Wouldn't that be great if it was? No, <laughs> it was actually uh, after I was a bartender. Oh wow! Uh, way after, many many years. No, I think it was like you know, watch too much Deadwood or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be good research for the show. What the research on when did I have a mustache? No, watching Deadwood. Oh. <laughs> I agree. No, it, I it, I enjoyed it. You know, it was a it was a, a specific moment in time. I'll share a picture with you at some point. But but you know the the other thing that I, that I learned doing this was this, and that is fun fact: a lot of nouns we use are actually generic trademarks. Mm. And this is I'm, I'm going to throw another corner. What corners do we have in this fact so far? We've got we've got etymology corner, which is like you know I, I live on etymology corner. Yeah, one of the we've classic corners. There's scheme the corner. We've got scheme corner, which is you know sort of maybe I'd say your classic corner, but old timey both... business corner, which the is old timey related to scheme corner. Absolutely, so related. We've got uh, people with way too many jobs corner, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but we also have. Look at this cool list on Wikipedia corner. <laughs> so, Am I going to be presented with list of genericized trademarks yes. that you might not have realized were genericized yes. trademarks? Yes, you are. And All right, I'm waiting I for had the no idea. inbound. I had no idea how common it was. This is, I'm just going to tell you some things that I was surprised sure. to learn were generic trademarks. Some of mm-hmm. which, once I heard them, I was like, okay. And some of them I was like, really? Okay, so Escalator. Hmm. Okay. It didn't sure. see that one. Flip phone. Flip phone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Flip phone. Oh. Hovercraft. Oh, okay. Interesting. I mean, that's just such a straightforward description of what yeah. it is. It's a good Kera- Kerosene. Oh, that's like, like the gasoline one where it yeah. seems like a made up nonsense word. So maybe it makes sense that it was a trademark. Laundromat. Oh, Again, one of those like laundromatic. Yeah, I guess it does like sound like a brand name. Does it? The laundromat. Yeah, when you think about it, in an old time. Yeah, in an old timey way, trampoline. Oh, <laughs> okay. Which again, where there's a theme here, it's like things that were probably products a long time before you and I were born. Videotape. Really. Yeah. Okay. Dumpster. Oh, I I came across that one. That might have even been on the show, and I love it that it was like dumpster brand dumpster. It would be yeah. dumpster brand dumpsters. It would be dumpster brand bought big bins you could put trash in. <laughs> That's right. Zipper. Oh, okay, yeah. And here, the last two are the two that most blew my mind. Dry ice. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And heroin. <laughs> hmm 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. Heroin, I'm sort of less surprised by. Dry Ice, I think, actually, is the one out of all of those I'm most surprised. Really? Oh, flip, well, dry Ice and Flip Phone, I think, are probably the two I'm most okay, surprised Okay, so by. let's get into something. So, by the way, Heroin, trademarked in 1898, lost in the Treaty of Versailles in 1919. But, um, hmm, I would not have expected that to have yeah, been in there. I didn't dig any deeper into that than that, but man, was I tempted. Because that is <laughs> Next thing you know, you're so reading the Treaty of Versailles. weird. <laughs> Like, yeah, exactly. But so, oh wait, the what? Hold on, I just like Bayer lost the rights to trademark of heroin under the nineteen ninety because they were German. That's oh, wow. okay, wow, okay. Uh, so dry ice was trademarked by the Dry Ice Corporation of America in nineteen twenty five. Okay, the Dry Ice Corporation. Yeah, first observed by French inventor Adrien Jean Pierre. Tirolier, and uh, trademarked in 1924 and 1925. Dry Dry Ice Corporation with one word, and uh, and oh. they lost, you know they eventually lost that. So it was registered trademark. Here's the other one: flip phone trademark of Motorola. So at some point, was there like a flip phone brand flip phone? Like buy the Motorola flip phone, it flips. Oh, it, this is interesting actually. So when Motorola first released. The Microtech in 1989, General Telephone and Electrics held the trademark from the 1970s for for its flip dash phone. Okay, and they held it until 1993. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's surprising to me. I'm trying to find a flip phone branded phone, but it doesn't seem to me like it doesn't seem to me like there was, as far as I can tell. A, I don't like, think there was a Motorola branded flip. A phone Motorola flip, flip phone. phone. It was they were a, it was a trademark of Motorola. Well, this is this is the thing about Wikipedia. It says it was a <laughs> trademark of Motorola on the one list, but when then when you dive in, when that's that's the thing we find, especially on these like lists in in Wikipedia and some of the stuff like on the on the featured articles where it's like this is the article on the European Union and it's really yeah. well rigorously whatever. Often they're quite correct and re- fairly rigorous in how they word things, but often this like list of trademarks and like the fun lists and stuff like that, they often. I've been edited by a lot of people, and they're not often a hundred percent rigorous in how they word things. So they're often pretty true, but sometimes misleading if you don't have yeah. all the context. Yeah, which we've, we've I come do enjoy. A couple times. Let me send you this list uh, because I do enjoy the section for former trademarks that have since become generic terms due to reasons other than genericization. What's how else would they become a generic term? One of those is App Store. It has App Store, so App Store it was is trademarked still... by Apple. Yeah, they sued Amazon, uh huh, but abandoned the lawsuit after an early rejection. And as part of the settlement, Amazon gave, Apple gave Amazon a covenant not to sue. And as of February 2019, it remains issued and active by the trademark office, but they but don't actually have. Gonna... But they said they're not going to do it. Yeah. Oh, some of these are good, like. Yeah, like uh, multi-ball in pinball. Yeah. If you ever played pinball machine, multi-ball. Yeah. I always thought of that as, I don't know, it's just a generic term. Dumpster was the trademark was canceled in 2015. But I, what I love is that it was trademarked by the Dempster Brothers. Yeah, the Dempster, Dempster. I'm pretty sure we talked dump, about that. And, on the yeah, show I think we did a long time ago. Dempster Dumpster, which sounds amazing. Touch tone. Sorry, I could sort of believe that. Cellophane. Yeah, cellophane. It's a still a registered trademark. 
huh. in Europe. Yeah, interesting. What do you, Aspirin what do you call still cellophane? a trademark in Canada. What do you call cellophane if you don't call it like if you're not official? You call it no, so. no. You call it you call it um, cling film. No, that's not. Isn't isn't cellophane thicker than no? Cling, that's what they film? call that's what they call it in the UK, right? Cling film. Well, I mean, cling film is what they call um, cling film. <laughs> what do you call? <laughs> um, but the, but cellophane is thicker. Like cellophane is it plastic? Is like um, it's more like you know if you had a report a bound report like a coil bound report and the front uh, page so to speak was like a plastic uh, rectangular piece of plastic that has a little it's a little bit uh, more rigid than a piece of paper. This is not what they claim on the Wikipedia page for cellophane. Or, or like thin, transparent sheet of regenerated cellulose. I mean, it's used to like wrap things, like records. oh yeah, like like in a in like when you're wrapping a presents or uh, yeah, no, yeah, or okay. a record. Cellophane? No, that's vinyl. No, not the stuff the record's made out of. The stuff on the <laughs> outside of the packaging. Like oh, when I buy these yeah, movies, like when you're shrink wrapping things, you mean? Yeah, they're shrink wrapped. Exactly. You think of like the first shrink wrapped object you think of is a record. Well, I, the first thing I think of is a movie because I have like a million of them over there. But you know, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this has uh, gone fairly off track. <laughs> but yes, okay, yeah, we're on the same page. The thing I'm thinking of the the report cover thing is is thicker than than cellophane. But cellophane is is thicker than uh, like f- food wrap that you would use to like tele teleprompter, Alan. Teleprompter. Oh yeah, that makes sense. It was the teleprompter. And I said that because of the ridiculous capitalization they used. Corporation. I love it. Yeah. Trampoline is a good one. But like, where yeah. do you get... The generic term, it was a rebound tumbler. Oh, trampoline's so much better. No wonder... Nobody calls it... Nobody's going to call it the the correct name if... I play rebound so tumbling. Yeah. No, no one's saying that. Trampoline's good. Yeah. It's like escalator. You hear the word escalator and you're like, well, it escalates people. Obviously, that's the right word. Right, but it was Otis Elevator Company. I mean, they're still around. Mm-hmm. They just, I guess it was so ubiquitous. Yeah. They just completely lost that. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the same way that word elevator, like maybe originally. It elevates people. It elevates people. Elevator, escalator. It's just, your name was too good. Dempster Dumpster makes a return. Yeah. Uh, well, that was a fun, I always enjoy when we get a, a list uh, a Wikipedia list of uh, unexpected members. Mm. Um, speaking of unexpected members of groups. Uh, that's amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> the synergy. I have a fun fact. This is a bit of a follow-up, and I hope I hope we'll be concluding this, this little topic. I'm either but about I don't to know. be very happy or very annoyed. We're going to see. <laughs> fun fact. Humans are fish. Oh, good Lord. Okay. I... Here's what's upsetting to me about this, <laughs> Factors. I want you all to know that after we recorded last time, Alan and I spent a long time discussing his flippant comment that people were descended from lizards, mm-hmm. which we eventually came to the conclusion that I was right, that people are not descended from lizards. I'm going to get there, Eric. Why, why are you preempting listen, my facts? We, we also had some discussions about why dinosaur refers to birds. And now... and but And I said... I'm going to do a follow-up next time. And you said, don't do that follow-up. It needs to die. Did I say that? And here we are now. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm betraying you with fun fact. Humans are fish. Yeah. Why are humans fish? So as you 
recounted. Uh huh. Yeah. We've been having some fun discussing dinosaurs and how that uh, by modern thinking, uh, birds are dinosaurs because, as you described, the modern way in biology and taxonomy is that when you define a group, such as dinosaurs, that you want to try to include all the descendants in that group. And that creates what they call a clade, like a yes. group, kind of like a, that's the way that biology, uh, they're working to kind of reclassify over time all the groups of, of uh, creatures um, and animals that we know and love in this format, where it's like, okay, this group contains the, uh, uh, some animal and all its ancestors. Um, but, but the problem and the challenge with that is that traditionally a lot of the groups that we use for animals exclude some descendants. So we would, uh, in some cases, want to talk about a set of animals that were sort of less evolved than their descendants. So like we have the term amphibian for like frogs and stuff that excludes the lizards that evolved from them. Um, but that is a that is a thing that exists in biology is these groups, which are the the sort of things, but not necessarily the things that evolve from them. They call it a grade. Mm. So it's not as like, quote unquote, good of a classification as the clade that contains all the descendants, which is what the dinosaurs and birds now are in, from biologists. Kind of. I could we, if I might explain the subtle nuance here, but I might not. Let's keep going. Okay, well, you can hold that and then... Yeah, we'll see if I come back to it or not. Come back to it if I don't get to it. So, but it's sort of at the high level, we have these ideas of a clade, which is what we want, a group of something and all of its descendants, and then a grade, which is uh, another way you can define a group, which excludes some of the descendants to try to refer to just some of the less evolved uh, members of a group, which is not considered to be like as good of uh, a way of classifying things. And over time, they've been working to sort of change most of the, the groupings, or the goal eventually is to, to change the groupings that we use in biology or that biologists use to refer to things so that it's these whole groups. But there's still a bunch of grades that people certainly in common usage use, but biologists still use too. Like monkeys are a grade that doesn't include the apes that evolved within them. And similarly, lizards exclude their descendants, the snakes, crustaceans exclude their descendants, the insects, and so on. And so well, there's grades like crustaceans and lizards that have long been used and will probably be used by people forever. But in their trend in taxonomy is to try and redefine, either redefine them and say, okay, well, uh, now uh, insects are crustaceans, <laughs> which is one way you could go about it. Or the other is for biologists to stop using the term crustaceans entirely uh, and then uh, use some other term. Um, so that's how we get the situation that birds are now dinosaurs from biology's perspective because they've decided to go and say, okay, well, we're going to redefine this thing as including all of the the, the descendants. Um, so that's how we get the gap where people are like me. I was grumpy about this, like claim like, okay, birds are dinosaurs because people don't like where it's being redefined, but sometimes biologists will do that. And then we just kind of have to, to re get reeducated. But the, the same thing, uh, is going on for all these various grades of like kind of us as a, well, us, I'm not a biologist, but the biologists kind of have to figure out what to do with these remaining grades that people still refer to. Um, and so like reptile is another example um, where reptile generally was uh, for a long time was a grade that excluded birds. But from this new system where they want to say, OK, well, every group includes all of its descendants, then that would mean birds are reptiles if reptile is a thing that we're going to still use. And so there's a big debate going on about whether or not you're going to redefine reptile, like the in turn of the, the sort of clade system, reptilia does include birds. But when we use the word reptile, are we really going to go and say birds are reptiles or are we going to stop using the term reptiles, which is what some biologists argue for? So there's like all these ongoing debates going on. Um, and then another to a point that kind of like 
clearly like definitively rebut something I said last episode, which is this thing that uh, mammals are descended from. Well, I said jokingly lizards, but I was talking about I don't the, think the, you the were idea joking, that they were. But that's I was fine. joking about lizards. I was saying that mammals descended from reptiles, which is mm. what people used they used to say. Okay. Um, but uh, another grade that that used to be referred to biologists don't use anymore is the idea of mammal-like reptiles, which I think okay. is what I learned about, or my, maybe my old encyclopedias when I was a kid, um, which <laughs> used to refer to common ancestors in between us and lizards. But nowadays they don't use the term mammal-like reptiles at all, and they've decided, okay, we're not going to use that grouping. Um, so Arik was definitely correct. So Arik is right to say that we didn't evolve from lizards or reptiles, we evolved from things that were similar to, but just slightly further back in the tree than lizards, which brings us to fish. Just to, uh, let me just, just to make that point really clear. Uh, what Alan is saying is that we evolved from something and reptiles slash lizards evolved from the same thing, but we, there was, that, that is further back. Both of us evolved from that thing. Yeah. And that thing, if we were to see it now, we would think of it as a lizard, like if you, like as just a common person, you'd be like, oh, it's like a lizardy kind of thing. Um, but it was, it, by the definition, yeah, taxonomically. That they, by, pa- taxonomically, it was slightly less evolved than a lizard or uh, the first mammal. It's, it's, it's the precursor to both us and lizards, and we are sibling descendants, not... Yes. Yeah. To, of the of sibling descendants of this lizard-like yeah that i can't remember the name of now but i looked up last time we were talking yeah. amniotes i think maybe i don't remember synapsids or, anyway synapsids, um, I, I, I read a lot of <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i'm up. loving it i'm absolutely loving it which brings us to fish okay so, traditionally yeah. fish, fish is a grade right typically we, we we refer to fish we don't refer to fish and as them and all, all their descendants we refer to fish as just the the vertebrates that didn't make their way onto land just the 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 fish that yeah the ones that are still in the ocean yeah um but from a modern biological viewpoint you're not supposed to use grades you're supposed to say every group is meant to include all their descendants in that group and so i will quote from wikipedia the wikipedia article on fish it says tetrapods including mammals emerge within lobe finned fishes so cladistically they are fish so I, I, that's a, that's a fun fact. Uh, you're a fish. I'm a fish. And, uh, I just think it's great. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, the, okay. So first of all, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> this is apparently a known problem. It's not like I've like discovered We're this. Fish. Like, there's ar- there's articles that. that are like, <laughs> why are humans fish? And what are we going to do? Birds about it are also fish. Everybody's yep. fish. I get that. That's cool. I do think that there is a difference, however. A difference between, between what and what? Between people are fish and birds are dinosaurs. Oh, there's a huge difference because birds are dinosaurs is like now what biologists have settled on as the resolution for this um, conundrum, which is that the grade was being used. And it's like, okay, before before dinosaurs were a grade, which would meant it was like basically the the dinosaurs, the non-avian dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, and they were like, well, we don't want to use grades anymore. So are we going to redefine dinosaur to include birds or are we going to stop using the term dinosaur? And so they decided that they're going to stop using, uh, or so they're going to redefine it so that, that birds are, are considered dinosaurs too. And they have that same problem for the word fish. They have to either formally decide, okay, um, we're not going to use the word fish anymore, or they're going to decide that 
the fish includes fish and all of their descendants. But that's not a very useful decision to make because we actually already have a word for fish and all their descendants, and that's vertebrates. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fairly unlikely that they're going to go in that direction. Probably what they're going to start doing if at some point is just kind of agree to not use the word fish anymore when they talk about groupings in biology, but they're not there yet. That's like one of those kind of like known annoying problems yeah. in taxonomy that just has not been sorted out yet. And and I'm going to say that in addition to all of that, which well said, there's still a difference between people are fish and birds are dinosaurs. Okay. Tell me what the other difference is. The difference is that when we use the term dinosaur, we are thinking of a specific period of time and that period of time included birds it didn't include some of the it birds it oh i think a lot or most or all of it included birds were around like for bir- like all of the dinosaur era or a lot of it anyway so like like birds and dinosaurs started around the same time is what you're claiming the evolution of birds began in the jurassic period so it's not at the exact same time as dinosaurs because dinosaurs start in the triassic period but there it's in the middle of dinosaurs hmm it's not at the end of dinosaurs and it's not after dinosaurs. Right. Right. So in the, when we use the term, the, the, the casual use of the term dinosaur, it, it, even in most lay people's minds, in addition to being non-avian dinosaurs, are creatures that lived in the dinosaur time a long time ago before us. It, they may or may not know the, the Triassic, Jurassic, Cretaceous. They may not know the Mesozoic. Right. But they know... That there used to be dinosaurs a long time ago, and that was the dinosaur times. And during that time, birds existed. So birds did not, are not way later descendants of dinosaurs that we're now saying, well, you know, technically, right. they are dinosaurs. We're saying, no, there were birds then. They didn't go extinct because the extinction that killed the non-avian dinosaurs didn't kill them. And they kept evolving into the birds we know today. So all of the birds we know today are the descendants of birds that existed then. And I think that's different than fish and people. Because when people think of fish, and when they specifically think of the fish that you're that, that we are the descendants of, we are not there. That is way... But not only are we not there, there are a bunch of creatures in between them and us that we would not think of as either fish or people. Yeah, I think the the sort of closer thing would be like amphibians are fish. Yeah, that's because right. amphibians and fish coexisted for most of all the timeline since. That's right. And from be, now and, back and to when fish you'd started. be like, yeah, okay, I see that amphibians are fish. Now I'm not saying people are not fish. I'm just I think it's great that people are fish. <laughs> I am just saying that I think there is a difference in terms of the 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 way that you were so disappointed that birds are dinosaurs i think actually birds are dinosaurs makes a lot more intuitive emotional sense once you think about it and learn about it than people are fish it's more useful. i think i think almost everyone would agree <laughs> that birds are dinosaurs is makes more intuitive emotional sense than that than people are than fish, people but, are fish. But, but i just kind of loved it no me too and apparently it's like a well-known like it's one of those those things that people are like, yeah, biologists are like, yeah, so people are fish. We'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> so bothering us about this. 